So we're going to go ahead and get started. Again, my name is Shannon Steiger. I work with Chris and Nikki Buckaloo in the Buckaloo Realty Group. I am the listing specialist. And those of you who have been at the Senior Living Truth Series and, and are, um, can attend regularly, you know that Nikki does not often give up the role. I think last year, it was probably April last year at the Quail Creek Country Club, I got my test. And apparently I passed the test because I'm back this year. So, not bad. So thank you to all of you that you did not say, oh my gosh, throw her off the stage and don't let her come back. So I got to come back, so that's a good thing. Um, welcome again to the Senior Living Truth Series this month. Our topic is the truth about um, getting rid of what to do with the stuff, get decluttering or downsizing. Um, we have a wonderful group of panelists that are going to come up this morning um, and, and help share their experiences with decluttering and downsizing and how they did that. So, you guys, one of the things I do want to clarify with this process is it, with the ads, if you saw the ads, you may have thought that this was an organizing seminar that we're going to tell you how to organize all your stuff. And I'm going to let you know that that's not what this seminar is about. Um, this seminar is about downsizing and decluttering with your downsizing or how you did declutter before your downsizing. So you're going to learn a lot of new things um, and learn a lot of different, uh, uh, learn from other people how they did it, what they would have done differently, or what they did that worked well for them. If you are looking for organizing techniques, I can tell you my favorite place is the container store. And I would visit the container store and they would be able to help you more with the organizing. But today the decluttering is more about downsizing how to do that, okay? So, um, first thing, oh, first I want to say thank you to all of our educational partners. If you have not had a chance to stop back and speak with them, each of them have wonderful information to share with you today. And each month they always bring a new article or new tips and tricks about the topics. So you may want to check back and see what they have and information they have available about downsizing and decluttering. It's always kind of interesting to see what they have. Um, oh, I get to learn how to do the clicker. I feel like I've really graduated. This is one of my favorite cartoons ever. One day, kids, this will all be yours. How many of us have that garage in our, right now? Several, yeah, yeah I do. Um, actually, I'm going to tell you, that uh, my mother's helping fill my garage. Um, she's starting her own new company, um, and she refinishes furniture. And so she's helping fill my garage. So I am trying to take my stuff out as fast as possible because I love her being in the garage. I really do. Um, so we all go through different seasons, and right now my season is I'm not downsizing, but I am decluttering um, and having a lot of fun doing it. So we'll get to uh, all of us will talk about how we do that. Okay. Um, then, our next one. Some people will declutter in preparation for eventually downsizing. We're going to talk a little bit about that because some of our panelists have began decluttering before they downsized. Um, and that's always a good thing to be able to declutter. But really when you're talking about decluttering, it's about what are you going to do with the stuff? Um, where is it going to go? How am I going to handle it? What is the stuff? The emotional behind it? All of that. Then you have the downsize, and then you have some people who will downsize as a means of decluttering. They will take what they want out of their house and, and take what is, what is still useful to them to their new place, and then they arrange for someone else to take care of the rest of it. To me, that kind of sounds smart, um, a lot easier. 
and we're going to talk about that today too. So that's kind of the, the focus of our declutter or downsizing, kind of gives you a difference between the two. Um, then, I want to, oh, let's see, yes, okay. We want to see how many people here today, this is your first time at attending a Senior Living Truth Series class. Raise your hand high. Okay. So, thank you very much. We have quite a few new ones today. Very good. We're excited you're here. Thank you. Then, how many people or who brought those people? Because Danielle, I think, has our gift cards. Yep, she's back there. Um, I was going to say Jake, but Jake is a panelist today. So, I think he was getting ready to stand up and start handing out gift cards, too, because we all have our roles, and we're really used to them. So, today, we're all a little out of our comfort zone, but we'll make it. Um, so, whoever brought one of the new people, if you raise your hand... Danielle has a lovely gift card for you for Target. So remember, if you bring a new person to Downsizer, to, to um, Senior Living Truth Series, then you will get a gift card as a thank you from us for helping bring, because you guys are our best advertising. You, you know the best people, and you're able to bring them in and help share the education of downsizing, and you know who in your life might benefit from this information, okay? So... I have these wonderful cards and sometimes I stick to them and sometimes I don't. Then I have to remember really the clicking is what's going to keep me honest today. I'm just going to be real upfront with you. Um, so I want everyone to turn to their neighbor and say, you're going to want to start downsizing when you get home. So everybody turn to your neighbor. You're going to want to start downsizing when you get home. Okay. It will motivate you all. I have no doubt. I know. I know all of these families very, very well, and they are all going to motivate you want to start downsizing the good home, okay? So, we're going to go ahead and bring our panelists up, so if I could ask the panelists to come up. Okay, so guys, we're going to get started with everybody. If you would please introduce yourselves, Jake, I'm going to have you start, even though a lot of people know who you are. And guys, there's two microphones, so you guys will share, and then Diane, you'll share. Oh, actually, there's three. Oh, we are very technically, technologically advanced here. Okay, so everyone introduce yourselves and share with us in your own words why you think you are asked to serve on this panel. Okay? Uh, my name is Jake Stover, and I am the relocation coordinator for OKC Mature Moves, and I was asked to be on this panel because this is my job. My job is to help make downsizing and decluttering easier for our clients. My name is Mel Roberts, and I think I was invited to be on this because I'm just a little bit nuts. <laughs> and because all of these people helped me so much, and my husband, through the downsizing, decluttering, uh, finding a wonderful new home. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. I'm Diane Bauer, and I believe I was probably asked because I had kind of odd circumstances to move from, not typical, let me put it that way. 
And uh, this group helped me, and they know I like to talk to anybody about how happy I am about my movies. So I kind of think that's maybe where I got invited. My name is Alan Rose, and uh, I'm a widower. And I discovered that uh, I was not made out to take care of the 2,500 square foot home. So I had to do some stuff about it. And coming to these Signal Living Truth Series for about 18 months, I got an excellent education and the process of doing what I did. Okay, very good. So, Mr. Rose, why don't you share how long have you been in your new residence and compare it with where you lived before? Okay, I uh, moved to Spanish Cove in December of 2021. That's about 16 months ago. And uh, my wife passed away in 2015. And in doing that, I moved from a 2,500 square foot home, which I lived in for 44 years. We built it. And now I live in a 700 to 750 square foot home. And that perfectly suits me, a single person. Uh, I don't need any more. Take care as much as they take care of me. That works. Very good. Okay. Now I need to do full disclosure here. This is Dr. Diane Bauer. This is also my mom. Um, and so if you hear me call her mom, it's not really a slip. I'm trying to focus on Diane, but she is my mom. And so she is also the one helping fill my garage. And they've heard different stories about me, about you for quite a while. So at least now they get to see the person. So that's kind of nice. Anyway, so tell us how long have you been in your current, your new home, and how does that compare to where, where you moved from? It, it's really like night and day, and my friends thought I'd lost my mind. Uh, I moved from a small farm in uh, Norman that I had owned for 32 years. Uh, it had seven barns on it uh, and a house. And I operated different businesses out of those barns that came with a whole lot of equipment and stuff like that. Uh, so I had a big downsize. And I moved to the 22nd floor of the Regency Towers in downtown Oklahoma City. My friends thought I lost my mind, and then they started moving. Uh, and, and started saying, whoa, wait a minute, maybe she's not lost her mind and this is a good idea. I did that two years ago, and my gosh, it was the best move of my entire life. Uh, I love living downtown. And as a bit of a side note, and I didn't plan this, uh, last year in January, I had a, a serious accident. And this last year, I've been recovering. And I cannot tell anybody how absolutely grateful I am that I live where I live. I was able to recover and rehab and still have an semblance of a life and independence. That, and I would have been in a mess on my farm had I had that accident and still been down there. So I have just multiple reasons to really like that I moved. Very good. If you'll hold it just a little bit more that way, they can oh, okay. there you go. Okay, Mel? My husband and I moved from a 2,800-square-foot house in Edmond that we had lived in for 16 years. And it was the party house. It was the center of all family activities, neighbors. You know, it, it was just a fun place to live. And about, uh, 
once every two or three weeks, he would he'd be just sitting there in the recliner and he'd look at me and he'd say, I just love our home. And the whole time I'm thinking in the back of my head, we need to, you know, we're getting up, we're, we're having some declines, and we we need to be thinking about downsizing. We need to be getting out of this beautiful home. And I just couldn't bring myself to tell him that. But ultimately, um, in November of 21, we moved to Concordia Senior Living, and it, it's a continuum of care uh, facility. They have 12 patio homes, and, and in July, we signed up to get a patio home, thinking that it could be as long as two years before one became available. And in less than a week, we got a phone call that the, 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 the people that were supposed to be moving into the available home had some kind of a family emergency and they weren't able to uh, take it. And the people that were on the list ahead of us all declined. And so we're looking at each other like deers in the headlights, you know, oh my God, how, how are we going to do this now? I will say that we had consulted with Nikki and had met Shannon prior to this and kind of had an idea of maybe how we could do it because prior to that, I just, my husband's a collector and he, he still has stuff from kindergarten and, and he'll be 85 next month. So he, he doesn't let go of things easily. The garage was full of boxes of stuff that we moved 16 years ago from a previous home that have never been opened, never been seen the light of day. So we we had a lot of the declutter as as well as the downsizing facing us, and and so making the decision, yes, we'll we'll take that patio home, set our pants on fire. I mean, you know, it, it was time to get moving. And, you know, we did some of the declutter. We first thing we did was have a garage sale, which I swore I would never do again. Uh, but we had enough stuff out there that, that it was pretty successful. And then with this guy's encouragement, you know, we just started kind of going room by room and just consulted the family first. What, what would you like? Yeah, they didn't want the china, they didn't want the crystal, they didn't want the things that we thought were important to us. Mel, I remember the last time I spoke with you before you guys knew you had the cottage, she had a plan. It was great to tell. She had a planned out. It was about six months because you were going to make it through Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Easter, and then each of the kids would be there. It was very well thought out. And then I get this next call, and it says, we have a cottage, and we're moving in less than a month. It's like, hold on, hold on, what happened? But everything changed accordingly. And we got it done, and you guys got it done, um, and it worked out. But plans do change. Everything should be kind of a pencil on You know, and I, I, I don't know you stand but to me it was the hand of God that just said okay you're going in the right direction and get her done and and we did and we could not be happier 
Very good. So, Jen, but our garage is still cluttered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's okay. Um, that's okay. Um, so, Jen, how does this compare with the moves you've experienced? Um, typically, the longer someone lives in their home, the harder the move is, just for sentimental reasons, and you know, you grow more attached to your home. But um, the more planning that goes into it before the move happens, the easier it is. Um, especially, you know, moving to independent living. If there's a health event or something like that, and it's an unplanned move, those are much more stressful. Uh, they typically cost more because, you know, there's no kind of guidelines going into it. Um, that's all. Sorry. Okay. Very good. So, uh, let's start back down here. Ms. Joyce, how long did you think about moving or decluttering before you actually started or did it? We started decluttering in 2016 uh, because we were the recipients of both sides of the families, everything that had been held by them for decades and decades and decades. So we had probably seven or eight large tubs of inherited family heirlooms, pictures and things. And we started decluttering in 2016. We did that once a week two to four hours for four and a half years. And we looked at every single picture and every item that they had and all those things that identified them the best we could. I was about the only one left that could identify pictures that went back to the early 1900s. And I couldn't identify a lot then. But that was the decluttering, decluttering part of uh, what we retained. Uh, clothing, a watch, and a lot of mine, disappeared in 2016 and it just didn't need anymore and it was just clutter. And uh, we did, uh, I cleaned up my garage much as I could. Uh, when we moved, my son and son-in-law got everything in the garage. Now you said you and your daughter, so tell us a little bit about that because y'all were kind of a dynamic duo. Um, y'all are an awesome team. We still, we still give you guys an example that this is um, how you do it with your adult children. So you guys, was it kind of, did it turn into, and I'm going to use this word now just for lack of a better term, did you have fun doing this with your daughter that you got to see her every week and it was kind of your, did it turn into some quality time or was it just, no, we had to do it and we had to take our medicine every, every time we did it? No, it was an enjoyable time. I would spend two to four hours with my daughter uh, during the day and enjoyable going through pictures that uh, I remembered a lot of them, a lot of them I didn't know, and we just enjoyed it together. And she is one of those that is all in at keeping a family history. So she enjoyed every minute of it too, doing all this. And we did that, like I said, for four and a half years to get it done. And uh, stayed with it. We probably did it 40 out of the 52 weeks of the year, just, just estimate. And uh, it was certainly enjoyable. My son tossed in whenever he wanted to or whenever he needed something. But she was the driving force. Well, she was the one that wants to organize it all and provide uh, internet pictures, a 
available for all family members going forward for years. So we started that decluttering process. Very good. Okay, so mom, tell us how did how how long did you think about moving and decluttering before you did it? <laughs> in, in my early 60s, early to middle 60s, I began thinking about it. And then my sister got really ill, and I spent about three and a half years taking care of her, or helping with that process. And by the time she passed, I was in my later 60s, uh, and knew I, I've got to start this. So I would say about four or five years, I took the process before I turned it over to them. I, I knew that I knew the arena in which my equipment needed to be sold. So I started with big stuff first and, and cleared the barns out. That was a, I knew going to be a task and, and I could sell all of that pretty easily. And then I had to get down to personal stuff and I would say that took another year and a half to two years. Uh, just slowly uh, going through, I help patients declutter. That's one of my other jobs, is I help people in this process, uh, amongst many other people I treat. So I kind of acted as my own therapist. I knew the words to say to myself, and Lord, I needed every one of them said to me. Uh, Several times. Pardon? Several times. Oh yeah, I had to be my own best teacher. And then once I got sorted, I got big bins, big plastic bins. Every time I came to something that went past the mustard of my internal dialogue, it went in that bin. It went in a bin. So when I got done, I probably had eight or ten bins. That's all I took with me off of a farm, seven barns and a house in 32 years. Now in that process, I also passed out pictures to family, those sorts of things. They didn't want my other little goodies. Uh, but they did like getting all the old pictures. Uh, I also refurnish and refurbish and repair furniture. And I was living in the country, kind of a western place. And I knew I'm moving downtown. I don't want to take my furniture anyway because I'm going to do something different. And I, other than my mattress, my bed, and my divan, Everything else I bought off the fake marketplace and either refurnished it, furbished it, or it was what I wanted, one or the other. And so eight to 12 bins, that was about all I took. But thinking about it, you thought about it for two years. Oh yeah. And then it was a slow process for three years because you were still helping with, with your sister. That's correct. And then it took another year to 18 months after that for you to finish, so it was a process. So our finish yes. was thinking about it, doing a little bit, thinking about it, doing a little bit. Actually, very much like Miss Rose's, but not quite as organized. It's very organized. So Mel, how long did you, so you talked about you were thinking about it, not sharing your thoughts with Cliff right away. But how long, how did that look, what did that look like? Well, I graduated from ODU with a master's in social work when I was 55 years old. It took me a little while to get started going to college. And I worked in geriatrics all those years. And 
part of my one of my jobs was I was a discharge planner at a hospital. And I saw how many families went through such agony because they had two or three days to make a decision where mom or dad was going to go and for what level of care they were going to need. And then they were faced with what to do with everything else. And I, I'm not doing that to my, my, my children or my stepchildren. Uh, Cliff had, had four children before we were married. And, but they're mine. They're my kids. And, and I just wasn't going to leave them with, first of all, making the decisions for us, and secondly, dealing with all of the stuff. So, and as a part of my work, I was working in many of the senior living communities, and uh, um, Concordia just struck a chord with me. It, it, uh, the atmosphere there is happy and active, and there's a lot going on, and the people are just lovely. And the, and the activities and the, uh, their fitness center, and the director of the fitness center is an amazing man that keeps us all moving and having fun. So, so when, when you started, so, uh, so when you started, because you and I met, and you guys were June. thinking about it, it, yeah, in June, and then but we, you actually started with downsizing by getting rid of a rent house first, correct? Yes, and Shannon taught me how to do Facebook Marketplace. And she actually got good at it. And man, oh man, that's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy. If I could learn it, anybody could learn it. Well, so you, so your downsizing really started with downsizing a little house that you didn't live in yeah, the, that had a lot of stuff in it. The renter had been there 18 years, and when he left, he took his recliner, and that was it. And he left <laughs> his recliner and his clothes, and uh, the place was a disaster. Yeah. So you got kind of a warm-up there, yes. letting go of stuff. Now, not a lot of emotional attachment with that stuff. None. None. So then you moved on. So then I'm going to, my next question, and this one's going to be, I, I, I can think of, actually, we talked about Cliff with this question, about what was the main obstacles that you faced when it came to physically dealing with household items? Was there a particular one um, that was harder than others? So we thought about Cliff, and we listed three or four for Cliff that we knew was hard. But for you, was there a particular, um, what were some of the main obstacles for you personally about the outside? I'm, I don't hang on to things, and and so it wasn't. I, th I think my biggest obstacle was him and hurting his feelings and knowing how precious the, his art and library and Indian artifacts and photographs and camera collection. All of those things were so precious to him. And I and I he I mean he still had stuff from kindergarten so you can tell him that he doesn't let go of things and he's a wonderful man but it was it frightened him when I said you know we can't take all of this with us and but he made the commitment that okay we're we're going to do this and and he was a partner through all of it 
Uh, that's a very honest answer. Sometimes it's not stuff. Sometimes it is the people we love that ends up being an obstacle because, he, and then he worked through how to get rid, how to let go of the stuff. Um, and he had great stories for everything. Oh, um, he was, so he's like a walking encyclopedia about everything that he collected. So it wasn't just random. So that, but he did work through it. Um, and I, and, and how did you help him work through that? Well, I have to say this guy was a great help to us, or to me, you know, because he's, he was very calm. And he just, you know, he said, okay, well, you just come, you go through things that, you know, a room at a time, a closet at a time, a drawer at a time, and, you know, don't take off too big of a bite. And uh, slowly but surely, Cliff got on board with that process. But he, he took a photography class in the seventh grade. And he still had his brownie camera that he used, and he had every picture he had ever taken in his life stored in the garage, and most of them in multiple copies. And and so I said, okay, let's start with the pictures. Well, he would sit down and go through an envelope full of pictures, and he couldn't even throw away the ones that were out of focus, or the ones that that the color had faded and gone wrong on. He, you know, he just couldn't do it. I said, okay, I'll do this. And I, and I probably spent the better part of, of six weeks going through photographs and getting rid of the duplicates, uh, dividing up what needed to go to who, and and then I, I put some of them in albums for us to keep. And the rest of them, I, I threw away grocery sacks full of photographs. It was painful for me, but it was really bad for him. And, and you know, like you said, that the old family pictures that none of us could identify. And I'm thinking, well, okay, why are we keeping these? You know. What's, and that was the question that I asked myself a thousand times a day. Why keep this? And you guys worked through it well. You worked through it well. Okay, so mom, tell us what was the main obstacle for you? Was it an object keeping it or was it logistics? What were some of, what was the main obstacle for you when it came to physically dealing with the household items? I, 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 by the time I got to the house, that was rolling pretty easy. I, I was rolling. Uh, but keep in mind, I've been a few years up to this. And also, cut yourself a whole lot of slack in this process. This is my profession, and I struggled. So be really kind to yourself during this process. I don't care who you are. It's your things, and you're going to be going through them. Can I tell them about Pat for a minute in the week I okay, so what? Okay, so her friend Pat moved from Shawnee into Oklahoma City, and they went through the downsizing process. Right. What were some of the obstacles for Pat when she moved? Okay. Hold on. I have been, I have been talking to Pat. Pat and I were friends almost 55 years. Uh, she was definitely my ride and die. And she was living alone out at Shawnee Lake on her property out there and going down really bad during the COVID. And I kept telling her, you need to come see my house. I'll come get you. You need to come see my where I'm living. 
Finally, last year, I said, this said, I'm either going to come pick you up and you're going to come stay with me a week or I'm going to come stay with you a week. Well, she got herself in gear and came to stay with me a week and at the end of the week said, I don't want to go home. And I said, well, you got to because we got to pack. And she had no, Pat was a neat, clean hoarder. A very neat one, clean. Her house was lovely and oh, she could hoard. And I told her, I was a few months out of surgery. I said, I'll come help you. Oh, you can't. And I said, yeah, I'd lay on the couch and I'd tell you what to do. <laughs> and that's exactly what I There's did. a real theme with that. You need to understand that all the way through life. Yeah, yes. Now, the first item, I thought, we'll start with an easy one. I'll kind of gauge how much we're going to do here. 28 screwdrivers. 28 screwdrivers. And I said, Pat, how many would you like to take with you? Oh, I believe I need all of those. <laughs> I knew then we were in trouble. Real trouble. I thought I was going to stay there two days. I stayed there two weeks. But we got it done. I did the same system with her. We got buckets. Once we went through the process, and we went through it 5,000 times, it goes in the bucket. After a day, I thought, my word, this is my best buddy. She's going to hate me when this is over. So we made a rule. When we start, we went and had breakfast and giggled and laughed and did everything fun. When we got back to the house and started, I was then Dr. Bauer. I was no longer her friend. And when we stopped at five, I was dying again. And that worked. That worked. Now... I did not know I would have to say that process as many times as I did. I've almost blocked on it in my head now. I said it so many times. But by God, we did it. So we about, did it. It's about consistency. Yes. So with, with Pat and with you, with you, so some of your obstacles were not household goods because you're warmed up by then. Your obstacles were more the larger oh, far yeah. items and more unique items. So a lot like people's collectibles might be, so they were more unique items. Not the run-of-the-mill, not having too many towels or having too many other things um, that are more basic household items. You were bigger items. You know, one thing I might also tell you to think about. I went through in my big money return items that I knew I could sell, I knew would have a decent return to me. Those are the ones I sold first. I, I wasn't using them anymore. I knew there was a money return. That's what I sold first. And most of those, I, I utilize Marketplace. Now, I'm telling you, that's good. It's free. And it's a good system. And I, I've never been scared by using it. Okay. Uh, well, but you do it wisely, too. So, Mel and you both use great safety mechanisms. You did go along during the day, be the good thing. So that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother seminar. But it's a tool. So, okay, so Mr. Rose, tell us what were, so yours was probably a little bit different than what were some of the obstacles for you? Was there a particular item or something that was really hard for you to let go of when you were going through the house? Or was it the house? Uh, to be honest, once I got started, nothing was quite that hard. Overall, I mean, you certainly had to make decisions and things, but it wasn't that hard. But there's a reason for it. Can I give my story? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Y'all are the best storytellers. But it was, uh, I guess, why you can say that it was easy. 
overall. It's never easy, but it was easy. Because my wife and I had to deal with her parents in 2008 through 2012. That was about four years. They lived in New Mexico, and their mental and physical abilities went downhill. And in 2008, in one of the medical emergencies, we went out there planning to stay five to seven days, which we'd done before. We never came home for three months. And uh, from that time on, uh, it was taking care of their own and their uh, assets. And they had a large house, which they lived in for uh, 60 years. There was not a, crook and cranny, a nook and cranny in there. There was not something stuffed in it. They had the old house, which was stuffed full. They had a uh, employee's house, which was stuffed full. They had three railroad cars, stuffed full. A large barn with all their farm equipment. And we dealt with that, starting, and when I say deal with it, starting with no knowledge, which is no way to deal with any downsizing or downplaying. No knowledge about anything. So we ended up, it took us four years going out there about every two months, spending a week, to go through everything in those houses. And it was four, five, six of us doing it most time. Uh, grandchildren, kids, can they hear me? Okay. And, uh, so that was, I look back on it now, and I can't remember everything we did, and probably if I knew what was going to happen, I'd have run. <laughs> because I can't believe what we did and had to do for four years, and I said, I'll never do that to my kids. And so I am organized, I guess you could say. And so I started on this, and I mentioned that the time we spent on it, and we got, so it went very smoothly, but the things that surprised me the most when I moved from 2,500 to 700, 750, and you say, well, that's not a big deal, but it's just surprising, is it? How much wall space you lose for hanging pictures. <laughs> that just surprised me because we had pictures all over the house, and three-fourths of them I couldn't take with me. and do something with them, and we had two dozen worth of Two dozen, excuse me, two dozen worth of uh, wall frames, picture frames, and, uh, and so that was staggering because we got rid of most of the clothes. And of course, I, with Jake's team's help, we could uh, determine just what furniture I could take. You can only take so much in a second, 750 square feet. And beyond that, nothing goes. But uh, the other thing I noticed is that as a man, you had a two-car garage, which you had your cars inside of it for 40 or 50 years. And that garage had everything you needed to work around the house that you accumulated. And it had to go. We left, give it to my son-in-law. And so, as <clears throat> you mentioned, pliers. I now live in Spanish Cove. I have two pair of pliers, a hammer, a roller tape, and that's it. <laughs> I don't even have a nail. <laughs> I got a nail. I didn't okay, so, okay, so I have a question. So you've lived there 16 months now. Yes. You have two screwdrivers, two um, screwdrivers, a hammer, and tape. Do you need anything else? Uh, 
No. <laughs> not, really. not really. Not really not. And if you did, you could either go to the dollar store and get it, because they'd probably stop basic. Or you could call Spanish Cove and they'll take care of it because they'll make, they'll change your life all the Their maintenance takes care of it. Their maintenance there. takes care of it. Yes. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. I did change one light bulb because I just out of hand. Well that I can believe. That I can Okay. Yeah, Mel, what would you have to say? Well, for, I, I want to say one thing to all of you that are thinking about this. This going through things and downsizing, it's not a one-step deal. Yeah. It, you, you know, you go through and you say, well, no, I need to keep that, I need to keep that, I need to keep that, and then all of a sudden you realize that's not going to fit in this, and so you do it again. Uh, but it gets easier as you go. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> with what Ellen said, uh, we had need for a plumber's friend at our house last night. And Cliff went to the garage and he came back in and he said, where is it? And I said, we don't. And we did not move a plunger with us. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, so he, he had to go over to the main building and, uh, and I borrow one from maintenance. But I, I can't tell you how often we'll want something and we'll kind of, yeah, well, it's on the pegboard in the garage. Well, we don't have a pegboard in the garage anymore. Um, and, and truly, letting go of tools, I don't know why it's hard, but it is. And, and we kept saying, well, we're not going to need that. We're not going to need that. Well, we've had need for some things. So we've been doing a little bit of yard work and, and had to borrow gardening tools from the kids. But, it, you know, we're managing. Well, so, okay, so I've got another question. So you guys, the, the common theme amongst this, and I'm going to ask Jake if that's common in just a second. But so you guys really started much further in advance with your decluttering because you really kind of built up muscles is what I'm hearing. You started with family members. You started years in advance with bigger items that you weren't using anymore. Um, so when you did that, when you began that decluttering, were you doing it truly as that you knew you were downsizing, or did you do it because you're wanting to lighten the load? Um, or was it a purposeful thing when you began that years in advance? Um, Mel, does that make sense? Yes. And first of all, when I when I was in my head saying we need to think about downsizing, it was like hitting a brick wall. I just couldn't envision how that could. Done. And the folks at Concordia said, yeah, why don't you call Nikki Buffalo and, and have her come talk with you? Well, Nikki and I had worked together 20 years ago. And so on a, a senior project, that, and, and I kind of think that's about when she started the Truth Series, she and Chris. And, and by the time we finished talking to her and realized that there was an organized way to approach this, that you know that helped me say okay, it's doable. Um. I'm going to rephrase that. So this is I'm going to rephrase that because I didn't say it very well. So I apologize. So would you have decluttered had you not been intending to downsize yesterday? I would have. Cliff would not have. Okay, fair enough. And and I have to tell you that it is freeing. It is such a relief to not have all of those things. 
and it's a learning opportunity because we had this huge library and if, if somebody wanted to know something, Cliff knew right where to go get the book to read it to him. And he's now learning to Google, his, use his cell phone to get that very same information much faster. It's an advancement. Okay. So mom, would you have decluttered had, it, had you not been intending to downsize? No. How come? <laughs> When I was 50 years old, when I was 50 years old, I started to work for a company doing some part-time work for in skilled units. Uh, my first week, I thought, I'm quitting this job. I don't want to do this. Well, I knew myself well enough to know why don't I want to do this? You know, that's because I was dealing with some really nice people, and I realized I'm 50 and I'm in a skilled unit in a nursing home. And I'm working with people actually a year or two older, maybe a year or two younger than me. And it was a real shock to me. I'm 50, I'm young, I'm not ever going to get old. You know, that's not, can't be me. Well, it was me. And then over the next 20 years doing that, I became aware of the patient I got that broke my heart every time. It was the patient who was a senior and had a catastrophic life event and was brought to the home in an ambulance knowing they would never go back to their home. I would help be a little support, but I learned over the years they were in a depression that they were going to die with because of the shock to them. And I believe I made my mind up then that if the good Lord permits me, I'm going to organize my life as I age to try to miss that point. So I had made the decision to downsize when it became age appropriate at 50, and only because my work forced me to really look at what's going on. So you wanted to be, you were planning. I was planning my planning. Okay. Didn't help my downsize it a bit. Uh, my struggle. It's still a struggle. I'll just tell anybody. But you you were planning it. You were right. at least thinking about it. So right. really, earlier when we talked about it, and um, and I want to hear Mr. Rose too, but really I want to clarify. So you said earlier it was about five to seven years, but really it was closer to twenty years That's that you were talking thinking about downsizing. You just didn't act on it right. until about seven years before. So that's yes. kind of insightful. So I kind of think you've right. got in mind. So uh -huh. um, I just want to add real quick. Um, just because you're thinking about downsizing doesn't mean you're doing anything yet. Yeah. Thinking is the planning mode, and you will go back and forth between planning and doing, planning and doing, just like uh, Diane did. And in planning it does not mean that Jake and I are going to show up at your house next week with a moving truck and the sign you put in your front yard. Um, I mean, hello, she's my mom, and I didn't put the sign in front of her house. Um, it took 20 years, and that's fine. That's how long it took, so just know that. So, Ms. Rose, you're going to love this guy when he does show up, though. <laughs> I would adopt him if he'd let me. Sorry. I don't have a brother, so maybe, well, I do have two brothers, but anyway. Um, okay, so, Mr. Rose, would you have decluttered had you not been intending to downsize, yes or no? Yes. Okay, how come? Well, I just explained most of it. the experiences I had with my family over earlier 15 years, which was a nightmare, and uh, I did would not going to go through it. So yes, I decluttered, probably not to the extent extensively as I might have if I was planning on downsizing at that time. Because it did take me about 
two or three years coming to the Senior Living Truth Series to get everything lined up and planned, scheduled that I wanted with a year's interruption with COVID. And, uh, but it was a process. And uh, yes, I decluttered uh, with intention of eventually downsizing uh, at some future date. And that future date, and I, when I started, by 2018, I said, well, when I get to be 88, 89, I'll uh, see about going to a retirement center. After about a year, I said, well, maybe 88, 87, 88. <laughs> COVID hit, and, and I went on hold for about a year because of COVID. And then right after it's over with, I said, well, might be time to do something, maybe 86, 87. <laughs> and uh, situations, you never know what's happening. Accelerated, timing was right, my attitude was right, the opportunities were right. So when I moved in 2021, I was 84 and a half. <laughs> so uh, you plan and then adjust. There you go. You can kind of do it all in pencil. You did do most of yours in pencil. I got yours lists. Right. Um, they were in pencil, so but they were good lists. Um, he's mayor from my own heart. He had the best lists. Um, okay, so so Mr. Rose, your, my question to you is, what did you do with the stuff that was left? So you we moved, you've moved to your new place, Spanish Cove. It's all resettled. Um, now you and your daughter are looking at what's left. What did you end up doing with all the stuff that was left? Well, with Jack's help, I took everything that I could get into the apartment that I wanted. And uh, I have to say that that uh, compliment Jake and his team, his whole team, is that they showed up at 8.15 on Friday morning. And uh, while we were discussing things and uh, just casually visiting, I turned around and the living, uh, the movie people were gone. They had it all taken and gone. And I hadn't, they just, did, they just did, came in and did it. Uh, my children and I went to lunch uh, for about an hour and a half. And then we went over to the apartment. Everything was in that apartment. And Jake was finishing up, hooking up all my TVs. And they were putting up the last few pictures that I probably had to put up, but I couldn't put up as many as I wanted. And uh, he had said to me, you will sleep in your own bed tonight, David. And I did, but at 2.30, I was sitting in my laser boy watching my TV, <laughs> all by myself. So what about the stuff at the house? How did you oh, oh, the house? Oh, yeah, that's where I went there. But uh, I went online auction for everything that left in the house. So you had an online estate auction? Online, online estate auction, and it's the only way to go. You don't have to sit there and look at painting and everything as it goes out the door. <laughs> so you turn it over to them, they do their job, uh, when you walk back in the house after the online office, it's empty. I have a book here that they provide me, I love it, that shows uh, three or four pictures of my apartment the day I moved in. And then after the online auction, they have pictures of my previous home empty and ready for sale. Uh, because the online auction either sold everything or took it and got rid of it. I, I, I had no pain, no misery, it just it was easy. And it's pleasant. So did you think, so now you're, you're 16 months out and speak very highly of online estate sales. Was that your opinion when they were doing it as well? Did you have any angst or anxiety about them doing it when it was happening? No, I didn't because as I said, I looked pretty hard at uh, all the options 
whether you can have people come in and look at your house and try to sell it. No way I was going to do a garage sale over my dead body. What I do a garage sale. And uh, other ways, uh, it's easy to come back to the online auction once I heard a presentation. Okay, very good. So, Mom, so what did you do with the stuff that was left at your place? When I got down to the end, I started, I had just odd little items, and I priced them really cheap on Marketplace, because that was the tail end. Uh, and if you showed up looking kind of needy enough, I gave them to you. Because uh, it saved me taking them to the donation place. And I donated a lot, I gave a lot away, and I sold a lot. It takes all of the above. Okay. Now, so in 1988. Yes. Did you have a, did you empty a house in 1988? You were young then. Yes, I was very young and very poor. Yeah. I had just finished raising two children. Both of them had left home. One was in college, one was starting a family. And I was headed to California to finish my PhD and broke. And I sold my house and I did not have enough cash to do what I was doing and transport my belongings. And I remembered my little old grandmother at 98 being so tickled because she got to be there for her estate auction. And the family thought it was terrible that she held an estate auction before she was dead. I thought it was cool. And so I called an auction company and said, can you come auction everything in my house? They're the ones that first taught me, get some boxes, your picture. They said, what do you want? I said, I want the pictures on the wall. And they said, box them up and get them out of here and we take care of everything. I didn't even touch a drawer. And they did it all. Now, it's 1988, people weren't doing that. There was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars in my neighborhood of people that showed up. It was a, it was a live auction for everything in the house. Right. And I had some family members that were horrified that I did it, and they should have. But uh, it was wonderful. I ended up, now keep in mind, this was 1988. I had no priceless values, valuables, none. And I had raised a family on everything I sold. So, you know, this wasn't good furniture I was selling. And I ended up making $7,000 on that sale. I could not have been happier. I can still remember to this day the $7,000 I made on that sale. Good. And it was fun. So you've done the, the spectrum of selling at garage sales, auctions, the, not the online auction. No, I've never but, done online, but, no. but then in Marketplace and Craigslist and anything in between, correct? Right. Okay, so Mel, what happened, so what did you do with all the stuff that was left after you and Cliff moved out? We walked out, out of the door and they, they came in with the team and it was just amazing to watch how they organized what was left in the house and, and took pictures of it, posted it online. Uh, you know, they, they washed the crystal so that it looked good in the pictures. And um, I think the auction ran for three days online and two days later the house was totally empty. No one was walking through it, picking over things. They just came and picked up the lots that they had purchased 
there wasn't a lot of traffic in the neighborhood because you know, they were scheduled times to come pick things up. It was so slick and so easy, and my mantra just kept saying, something's better than nothing, and I don't have to deal with it. Something's better than nothing, and so I didn't really care what we made. But I mean, we sold some pretty strange stuff with uh, cemetery lots, because he had lots, I had lots, and then we sold one set of cemetery lots. And the lady that did the auction said, well, we've never done that before, but I bet we can do it. <laughs> and they did. So, so, very good. So what was your feeling? So now it was a good thing. Were you pleased with it at the time? Yes. I, I was ecstatic about it. Now here again, from Cliff, he, it, it happened too fast. And he wanted to know, well, how much did we get for this? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Don't worry about it. It's it's in a good home. It's somebody who wants it, and you know, we're, we don't have to worry about it anymore. So, you know, it, it's you don't get what you want for it. You know, it's not a way to make money. But, but it is a way to make some money and get things cleared out. And I want to I just say one thing on the side. The people that bought our house when we went to closing, they told the story of walking into the house and it was the exact same experience that Cliff and I had the first time we walked into the house. Except it was still under construction when we saw it first. But we, you know, we got as far as the living room, and we said, "This is this is home, this is it." And this couple said the same thing. And at Christmas time, they sent us photographs of all of their family. They had family from five different states that came for Christmas. Wow. And I, you know, I just so your we just ball. We just still the party house. It's still the party house. Still the party house. So that house is going to keep up its its reputation regardless of whose family is partying there. Exactly. Well, that's exciting. Okay, so Jake, what is the response that you have seen from most people? Is it different from what these talk, what the panelists are talking about with the liquidation process? And, and if it, is it different at the time of the sale versus six months, a year later? Yeah, um, so typically when we're working with clients, the estate sale is kind of a stressful situation for them at the time because you know, you're listing things that have been important to you and have been a part of your life for X number of years. So it can be very stressful at the time. Um, I think angst is a good word, just kind of fear of the unknown. You know, is my china gonna make any money? Is my car collection gonna bring anything? Um, so at the time, I would say it's a little stressful for a lot of our clients. Um, Typically, after the sale is closed and, you know, we're looking back, reflecting after a few months, that's usually when I hear, oh, it was so worth it. <laughs> um, but kind of during the time, it can be a little bit stressful, but almost everyone is real happy at the end. Okay, very good. So, Jake, as it relates to the liquidation process, what are some of the things to consider going forward for those people planning to go home and begin their downsizing today, because again, we know what that's what we're going to do. So what are some of the things that people can do that would be beneficial to them to get ready? What are some of the easy things to start with? Yeah, um, 
the, the things that would be the easiest to start with are going to be your clothing, um, you know, things that you haven't worn in however long, um, photos going through, removing duplicates, removing um, the blurry ones, <laughs> um, and legal documents and other paperwork if, you know, it's passed to be you have to hold on to it phase. You don't really necessarily need it anymore. Um, and then the last one is going to be books. Uh, that one's kind of hard for some people, but they are one of the easier things to declutter in most cases. And if you work through your clothes, the paperwork, and you're working up to the books, even not getting rid of all of your books, do people have to get rid of all of their books? Oh no, absolutely not. Um, this would be more of a go through them, you know, uh, ones you haven't read in a while, ones you don't plan to read again, or something like that. Those are the ones you would want to get rid of. Absolutely not everything. Okay, very good. So guys, I'm going to go start with you, Mr. Allen. Is there anything else that I should ask you that you want to share? <laughs> I'll share anything. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You do. And bring up your microphone. Well, I, uh, I was trying to think if you, you want to close statement sometime. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll combine both of these. So is there any advice or wi words of wisdom that you would give to others about how they how they can get rid of their stuff or how they feel about their stuff? Uh, that, that comes to what I was going to add up to. Mm -hmm. I know uh, I came to the seminars for 18 months. Uh, getting educated, and also doing a search on the internet and everything. But uh, I can remember, if Nikki didn't mind me quoting her, I remember her very frequently at these seminars say, whatever you've got, we need to consider decluttering and downside, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. One time in my life, I had no stuff. So, and I got along just fine, a great life. <laughs> then you got stuff. <laughs> Then you have to get rid of stuff. It's still stuff. And it comes down to this. Get over it. Move on. Nikki will be very proud. It's being videotaped, so she's going to be really excited to hear that. And she will not mind at all that you quoted her. She'll love it. In fact, that's what I'm going to text her when she texts me at, at 11.35 um, and asks me how it went. I'm going to tell her, Mr. Rose said that, to, that he quoted you, and it's just stuff. And then you got to work at it. So very good. Okay. So, Mom? That's that words of wisdom. That's really important. That is so important. Uh, I, I think it's really important for you to decide. That decision is a quiet, internal thing. You may not even tell anybody, but you have to decide. It's your decision. It's only your decision. And then, maybe after that decision, it takes one year to ten years. I don't know. Uh, whichever how you progress through it, that decision is yours, and that's your first step. Very good, very good. Okay, Miss Mel. And I would add to that, and and it's a blessing to you, your family that you make the decision and don't hang it on them, because then they they have a lot of guilt with it. Where if you do it, it's done and it's your decision and it's okay. That's correct. Uh, on the estate sale thing, 
we notified a lot of friends and pseudo family folks, and it's amazing how many of them bid and got stuff. And so we can still go visit our stuff, but we don't have to store it and take care of it. That's very smart. I, I did that as a child, by the way. My mother would have garage sales when we went to my dad's house over the summer. I'd come back and I'd be at a friend's house and I would say, Oh my gosh, I have a stuffed animal that looks just like that. Oh no, it's your stuffed it's animal. Shady. Your mom had a garage sale <laughs> summer and she cleaned out. Um, she's a perjurer. See, it's so nice that she's here to be able to hear me tell these stories. Um, my permanent scars that I'm sharing with you guys know that your children will get over it. So I am living proof that your children will get over the scars of you letting go of your stuff or their stuff. Stuff, yes. My friend Pat did the online auction. Mm -hmm. Pat had never sold an item in her life. <laughs> never one thing in her life. And when the online, she, the whole process, she liked it, it, what they did. And I wondered how she was going to handle her stuff being sold. Because she's never sold a thing, not a napkin. And she decided. She was happy as a bird in a tree. She loved her new home. She wasn't watching the auction, and it was fine with her. She told her family. They did it. They, several of her family bought different things. They were happy, felt like they contributed to Mama and Grandma, and she didn't watch it on, online. She didn't do anything until Jake handed her the check, and she was happy. So it's a, a you know, you kind of deal with it as you can, and I thought that was a good decision because I was really thinking, you're 80 years old and have never sold a thing. And she made a good choice in how she dealt with it. Don't watch. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch. Okay, so now we're going to open this up to Q&A. So we've kind of summed up these guys have all given you their, their experience, their philosophies, and, and probably a little bit more than you ever wanted to know. But that's a good thing. So anybody have questions? And what I'm going to ask is if you'll say your question, and before these guys answer, I'm going to repeat it because we are videotaping this. So well, that way the, the people who are it's being videotaped will be able to hear what the question is. So what's your question? Well, Mr. Rose's story about his family is similar to what I had to go through with my parents' home. They died six weeks apart, and kind of suddenly, and it was, my mother was a neat reporter, like you said. Nice stuff. But anyway, so we dealt with that to, you know, in Texas, we were here, we were here, and I don't want to do that to my, we don't want to do that to our kids, but, so we've been talking about it and thinking about it, so my question is, I mean, we don't have a specific time frame or a specific plan or whatever yet, not, I don't quite there yet, but what, what do we do now? Well, okay, so the question is, she went through the same thing that Mr. Rose went through with his family. She doesn't want to leave that for her kids. So her question is, um, and they're not quite ready to move yet, but they're wanting to plan. They're wanting to begin some action. So, okay, so we'll start with Mr. Rose. Where, if you were advising someone where to start, we're going to end with Jake, because Jake's, he's chomping at the bit. He's ready to say <laughs> to this one. So, but, Mr. Rose, where would you start? Just, if you were suggesting someone who's not quite ready to move yet, but where would they start? Well, I was going to say, you know, dealing with uh, parents, my wife's parents, you were talking about that, they came from the generations that they told their kids and grandkids nothing. You knew nothing about their equipment, you knew nothing about their finances, you knew nothing about what they had, it just was not discussed. 
And so that what made it a duressing, uh, stressing time when we had to deal with all that took place, uh, dealing with finance things. My comment is, is uh, I, my kids know all my finances, exactly what I've got, where it's in, how to get to it, and they're on most of most of my, if not all, of my financial uh, accounts right now is a uh, uh, co-signers. Co so technically, they can walk in today and sign, take every penny I've got if they wanted to. We've done that part. We've got okay. that part all done. But that's a great suggestion. Yeah. So, okay, so let's keep going. I bet we find one that maybe you've not done so that you can put a check mark by that is good. So the gold star for you that you've done that because that's very insightful, guys, that you begin telling your kids what your plans are and what your circumstances are and what your wishes are. So, Mom, what would your suggestion be? Where to start? I have made the decision. Y'all sound like you've made the decision. And I kind of started everything we're talking about, and then it dawned on me, I lived in Norman, I worked in Bethany. I didn't know where I was going. And so every day when I drove to work and when I drove home, I drove neighborhoods and I drove around and I looked and I'm trying to figure out where do I want to go? And once I decided it was downtown, I want to live downtown. I noticed my momentum picked up. I needed to know where I was going. Now, I actually sold my property before I identified a property. Shannon said I could stay with her as long as I needed to, but I'm allergic to cats. And I thought, Lord, if this stretches on a week or two, we're gonna, I'm going to be in the hospital. We all have to have motivators at different points in our lives. My cats were my mother's motivator. So I stayed three weeks in a hotel uh, up on the highway right by my work. It was lovely, and I needed to rest at that point. And then I had a location, an area, and during that three weeks was the first time I went into the Regency and I knew I'm home, man. All I got to do is bring them little bags up here and that's it. I'm home. <laughs> but getting a concept in your head of where you're going is really critical. Okay. That's a good, and, that, and, that, and it doesn't have to be fast, so, but that's an actionable item. You're not having to decide, but you're investigating and you're driving around and you're deciding or however you go about investigating, but deciding where you want to go. Okay, so good. Uh, Mel, what would you suggest? Where to start? Or what to begin while you're while you don't necessarily know where you're going there at the times? Well, as I said, I, I had worked in a lot of the senior living places. I, I kind of knew that's I wanted us to be in a continuum of care so that if if one of us had a physical or a mental problem that we still would be together. We'd still be in the same complex, even though we might not be sleeping in the same bed. Uh, that was very important to me. And, you know, so that's how our decision was made. You know, I know people who have gone from their, their family home to a patio home, you know, and just, I didn't want to move two or three times. To me, I, I wanted to just cut and dry it. Okay, we've moved, we're done, we're here, we're gonna, we're gonna be here till we die. And that's kind of reassuring. And uh, it's made me very, very calm. And I don't know, Cliff and I spend more time talking and laughing 
than I think we ever have in our married lives. Uh, just because we're free of so many of those things, the maintenance on the house, you know, the, the things that you worry about is, is the hailstorm going to take the roof out again? So, um, what would you, what she's asked also was, what would you, where would you suggest she start? What could she do now? What would be beneficial for her to do now? Well, I think you're doing it. Yeah. You're, you're thinking about it. You've, you've done some things in preparation. You're here to learn. I, you're doing it. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so Jake is, he's sitting on his hands over there. He is, he's got an answer. He has got an answer. Go ahead. I'm ready. You're ready. <laughs> so, I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of what Diane said. Um, finding the place to live is very much a very important first step, but kind of like step 1A, I would say, would be touring communities or looking at homes if you're not planning on a community, but definitely figuring out where you want to go, what fits your lifestyle now, what fits, you know, what might happen in the future, um, but touring or looking at houses, whichever, that is a very important first step. Well, and then when you, the five ways to start now are also about you. So these would also be the things that you could start now little by little. This could be your moments, the two hours a week that you spend going through the closets, looking at clothes, books, paperwork. Paperwork, do not underestimate that one. Think about the last time that you shredded the taxes that were from 1978 that were in your attic. Those can be set free. Um, so there are certain things, and if you begin looking at those, that's a great first step. And you're saving yourself money because that means somebody else is not going to have to do it for you. And that's something that can be taken care of. So that's, those are all good ones. Okay, good question. Thank you. Yes, sir? How do you deal with family photos? Okay, the question is, how do you deal with family photos? So these guys have talked a lot about family photos, but... So we're going to eliminate the easy ones. So the easy, low-hanging fruit, guys, if I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, going through and getting rid of the duplicates. Because in 1970s, the 80s, and 90s, we not only printed our pictures once, we printed them twice. Um, and we kept all of them, even the ones of our foot that we really didn't need to take. We have two of them. And then we have one of the picture, we have one of the tree that nobody knows what that tree is or where it was. And we have two of them. So the easiest thing to start with your pictures is eliminating the duplicates and the ones that you can't see because you have no idea what it's a picture of or you don't know what it is. Let go of those first. Now after that, what did you guys do? So after when you guys sorted your pictures, Mr. Rose, after you got rid of the, like I call it the low-hanging fruit, the duplicates, the, the ones of the foot that we don't know what it is or of that wild neighborhood kid that we don't even remember their name, but we had a picture of them because they ran in front of the camera. Um, what did you guys do? How did you take care of your pictures after that? Well, this is what I mentioned earlier that uh, my daughter and I spent four and a half years going through it once a week, several hours, and uh, we looked at every single picture and did the process. As I said, what's left, uh, we wrote all the information we could on those pictures. If there was not any there that I knew anything about, or, and I was about the only one left historically that even remember any things. And, uh, all of this is stored in about four or five large tubs. One for my wife's family, one for my family, uh, one for my personal family, and then my daughter, she's an angel, 
that's going to take all those and put them, what do we call it, put them alive? She scans them in and she's going to scan, put them scan in the Scan them all in, put them in, and make it available to all relatives. They, they get what they want online. She's done. She's started a big and it's process. And it's a big process. I started the same thing. And having had, he's done, they did the hard work through those four years, guys. Because I've started that in, at my house. I have a closet full of pictures because, well, I got all the pictures when my mother downsized there at my house. Um, but she did do the hard work because she wrote on the back of them. I don't know who a lot of people are, but I, when I scan them in, I can also scan the back of the picture. So when I share them with family members, they know who's on the back, who's on that picture as well. So because it's a picture of my grandfather that um, I, when he was a young boy, I wouldn't know who that was, and my cousins sure don't because they're all younger than I am. So I'm now sharing that, and they love the pictures. I'm sharing it electronically. Now, I'm also putting them in envelopes, and I'm now distributing these pictures to who needs to get them, and if, then they can decide if they want to keep them or not after I threw away the pictures that were duplicates of feet and pictures of stuff. There was a lot of pictures of trips, of um, sites, that were important to them. You remember the slideshows when we take trips and you then invited all your friends over for dinner, wine, and you made them sit through that slideshow of all of those pictures. And well, we now do that on Facebook. So you don't invite them over anymore. We put all our pictures on Facebook or electronically. Well, that's kind of what we're doing here. But anyway, so Mom, what did you do with your pictures? You've already kind of heard of what I did with a bunch of them. Uh, but before they got to that process, I went through first and picked out the ones I wanted and then started identifying where all the others needed to go. I will tell you, though, when you do this process, I would encourage you to keep a box cleaner close by. If you drink a little wine, maybe a little small glass of wine would be a good idea. I shed, I did it by myself and purposely. I could have asked someone to help me. I cried a lot during that process. During that process, I found the letters an old aunt 20 years ago had given me that my dad wrote home when he was in World War II. I tried to read him 20 years ago and I cried so hard I couldn't. So I thought, well, I'm already crying. And I read all of those letters during that process, and yes, I cried, and I was so glad I could read them. And it's a part of the process. It just is. It was good tears, good memories. It's really kind of fun to do. Uh, and then you distribute them. Uh, and I'm, I have I mailed some out. I'm in the process now of making copies of all those letters of my dad's because I'm not willing to let anybody have those yet. But I am making copies. I'm mailing those out. What pictures I have left, I'm mailing out to cousins, grandkids, anybody I think that, that would enjoy these. So it's a real experience. And you'll be hesitant, but it's a good one. It's a good one. The trick with that is if you mail the pictures that do not have names and things on the back, Guys, they're going to go in the garbage. Yes, they don't identify. Yeah. You have to identify them. So somehow that work behind that, if that's important to you, is important. Now, if it's not important to you, you just need to get rid of the pictures. Mail it to them. Send it to people. Drop it off. Deliver it at Christmas. It's a lovely Christmas gift. Um, so these are things that you can give, but do keep that in mind. Um, Mel, any other part? Any, uh, anything you have to add about pictures? 
part of my experience was as I was going through all of those things, it was fun to revisit the past, and and I, you know, I I, I had the joy of the events and the the travel and the, the you know, and then it's, it's gone. I, I've got it here. I don't need it there. Right? You know. And then, the, but the things that I decided to keep, I just kept photo albums by and just was sliding them in in no particular order. And it's so much fun to pick up one of those albums and just start through it and, you know, have something from 30 years ago and something from two years ago. It, it's really kind of a fun way to, to store things. And I did try to write dates and names when possible. But nobody will be able to read my penmanship, so it doesn't matter. They can read it. So Mel, I got a question. So when you said you got rid of a lot, you went from about how much to how many photo albums do you have now? I remember the bags is the reason I'm asking. Well, we had one wall of the garage nine feet long and six feet tall with boxes, with photos, and movie film, and slides. And now the kids do have some of the film and the, the slides, because I wasn't going to deal with that. Um, you know, I, I think I ended up with maybe three albums that are in the house, and I do still have a box in the garage that I need to do that with. But I'm having too much fun to, to stop and do it. But so nine feet and six no, feet tall no. of pictures anymore. So and I know you think that's not possible, but trust me. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. I remember the reason I asked that question is I remember the bags of pictures that you were letting go of. And I remember that when you were sorting, so I do remember that. Jake, any other suggestions? Um, I think these guys all hit it really well as far as what to do with pictures. Um, one that we've been suggesting to clients a lot lately is bundle, you know, if you have all pictures of one cousin, put them all together and mail them to him or her. Let it be, this sounds kind of bad, but let it be their problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was said very honestly, and that's really what you're doing. You're sharing the love. And you're sharing that, get those information. I can tell you, as I'm doing mine, I'm sending mine to cousins. And I have one cousin that I forgot. They've actually lost two houses through tornadoes at different points. And believe it or not, one, only one of them was in Moore. And then they left Moore thinking they weren't going to get hit again, and they did. But the pictures I'm sending her are the best gift. She cries every time I send them because she doesn't have any pictures. So I, I, it made me feel like a hoarder that I'm hoarding all these pictures of her because she doesn't have them anymore. So think about those, that everyone has different, um, different tricks in life and different things that have happened to them, fires, tornadoes, floods. And in Oklahoma, we have it all. So it could be something that's a real gift to somebody that they may not have those pictures. So it's a really, it is a good thing, not just handing them off, but sometimes it is, but sometimes it may not be. Okay, so we've got time time for one more question. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I wonder if Jake could talk about how you deal with the that I might need it someday syndrome. Okay, so her question is, she asked for Jake, what how does he deal with it? The, the, the question from people, the syndrome, well I may need that one day. So how do you deal with that, Jake? Um, well my first question is typically when is the last time you used it? Um, 
we typically say, you know, if it's been a year or more since you used it, you may not need it any longer. Um, and we typically would suggest probably letting go of it and then replacing it if you do find out you need it a little bit further down the road. Um, for most things, you know, we're not talking super expensive stuff, but some of the smaller things, that's typically what we would suggest. Is there usually a dollar amount that you put on that, that if you know you can go to the dollar store and buy something, or if you can go to Target or Walmart and get something, is there a benchmark that you kind of use for that? I would say $25 maybe. And less? Yeah, okay. and below. So again, not the power the power drill or the no, no, or no. the the lawnmower. But if you're moving somewhere that you don't need a lawnmower, then that may be okay yeah. to let go of. Yeah. Okay. But like Very Pat good. with her eight screw or twenty eight screwdrivers. screwdrivers. Yeah. And most of them were probably bought at the dollar store, <laughs> uh, so they were not high dollar screwdrivers. Yeah. Correct. Guys, good questions. Thank you so much. Um, so did our panelists do a good job today? We appreciate it. So guys, if you want to each of you and they were very candid huh. lots of good information I think they didn't hold it they didn't hold any punches with what they were sharing with you guys today um, so the couple of things today so oh what good timing the shredding event is coming so we talked about cleaning out those taxes that you didn't need that, that from 1978 the things that are way beyond their shelf life if you legally have to keep well we have a place for you to put it on um, Wednesday, April 20, oh, I wrote in here, April 26th, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., or 11, 10 a.m. till noon, we're having a shredding truck at our office. You each have a flyer in front of you that gives you the address. Um, we have, this is our fifth year, I believe, of doing the shredding event. Um, we have yet to fill the truck. So the question is, can I bring too much? No, you cannot bring too much. Um, Bo is, our is a, the gentleman who brings the truck. And he, he tells me every year, because I to ask him, I say, Bo, this year we're going to fill the truck. And he smiles, a little smile that says, yeah, sure you are. Um, and he says, Shannon, if we fill the truck, I'll bring another one. So I have put him on alert again this year that we're filling that truck. So please feel free to bring everything that you need to have shredded. That's first. Then we have a, we talked about knowing where you're going and not sure know where you're going. Well, sometimes it's a matter of knowing what questions to ask. So we are starting our senior community discovery tours again. First one is going to be Tuesday, May 9th at Spanish Cove. The next one is going to be Tuesday, June 27th at Lionwood. And then another one Wednesday, June 28th at Concordia. Um, Danielle is going to be hosting those and she'll be the guide. Please feel free to come back and see her. She has a flyer at the OKC Mature Moves table. And there are limited spaces available, so if you're interested, check your calendars and see Danielle so you can get signed up. And then, oh, of course, we've got to know what's coming next. So we have our next one. Um, our next Senior Living Truth Series is the one that kind of tags on with this. And that is going to be Tuesday, April 25th. It's Trash or Treasure, Get the Real Value of Classic Collectibles. Um, this is going to be at the library. Our panel of specialists are estate sale experts. We have a buyout specialist specialist that's coming. 
These are not appraisers, so we are not giving you values for what you would call your insurance company for. What they're going to be doing is giving you a ballpark idea of what the retail value would be. So if you have a figurine at home that you have been keeping and you're tired of it, you're ready to let it go and none of your kids want it, you may bring that and see what the value of that is. Um, if it has a value, if they say, oh, that's a hot seller or whatever the case may be, if you have a collection of um, precious moments, you may bring one precious moment, please don't bring all of them, um, but bring one for them to be able to tell you if that's a good seller or not, okay? So that's going to be at the library on April 25th. And then last today is the next senior um, the next senior living truth series is going to be the truth about selling a family home value or convenience that is going to be Thursday May 11th at 10 a.m. here at Crossings in the Atrium. Um, and so that if you if you'd like to pre-sign up for that that is on your evaluation. I would ask everybody if you'll let us know how we did today specifically how I did um, and then give that to Naomi. Naomi waiting for guys back here. She will collect those as you leave. And guys, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming today. We so appreciate you and your help.